This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, we often talk to Michael Geller about housing and real estate, but this morning we're going to talk about a column he wrote, and this has to do with the bright headlights and how we enforce the rules of the road. Michael, good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. And you wrote about this, and uh, I saw it on Twitter as well, and you found you were not the only one. In fact, many of us have noticed, uh, first off, that there are some very bright headlights out there. That's right. I was listening to the conversation about ICBC and the increased number of accidents, and as I was listening, a car approached me, and uh, I thought, I can, I can, if anybody's in front of me, I can't see them. And uh, I, I must say, in full disclosure, uh, I drive a car with these very bright headlights, and I know because people do occasionally flash me, thinking that my lights are on the brights, and they're not. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to be able to do a lot about this, it, but it is a new trend. But surely somebody should be looking at whether or not these new headlights, while they're wonderful for the driver, especially on a dark road with no street lights. I think they're getting too too excessive, and yet I hadn't really heard a conversation about it. Just a small thing, if you ever are stopped behind one of the new Audi 5s and it's got its turn signal on, it too can be very, very discomforting. And not just for a 70-year-old man like me, I suspect others must find it problematic. So it got me thinking, and then I heard Simi Sarah do a show about what we should do to address ICBC's increased traffic uh, accidents. And I heard the number of people who phoned in who were upset at the thought of speed cameras and so forth. And I thought, we really need to have a conversation about this. Uh, Right, because you write about that. And blinding headlights are one thing, and it would be good to know, are they causing crashes? Are they putting people in dangerous situations? But we've also been talking about red lights and red light cameras, and there's been uh, some debate over that. You know, we, we're here in Canada, and we cannot understand why Americans are so opposed to gun control. Meanwhile, we get on the radio and say, I don't want the government telling me how fast I should be driving. I don't want the government installing cameras at intersections. And I'm thinking it's as outrageous to oppose speed cameras as it is to oppose gun control. Now, some might say, well, that's a bit of an overstatement. Well, it isn't really, especially when you know somebody who's been killed in a car accident. Uh, Would you agree, though, it's different when we look at the the photo radar that we used to have, the van on the side of the highway, and you could be going with the flow of traffic, you could be not in a scenario where you were causing problems, where you were making uh, for a dangerous situation on the roads. I would say that is much different than this new idea of the red light cameras that we already have, that why not also clock people if you're speeding through the intersection or if you're running the red light, because those are dangerous behaviors. That's exactly right. I remember getting stopped on a stretch of Hastings Street, just heading into Burnaby, and at the bottom of the hill, and the policeman said to me, come on, surely you know that we're always here trying to get you at the bottom of this hill, and and that's always stuck with me. I think you're right. Most people think of it nothing more than the police trying to trick you and uh, a cash grab. I know Joy McPhail, who's the new chair of ICBC, and she mentioned to me a while ago about the new Scottish approach. And what it is, for those listeners who are not aware, is, as you say, using the cameras either at intersections or at key points 
to monitor average speed over a distance. And so if it should have taken you an hour to go up the Sea to Sky Highway, but you did it in 45 minutes, um, that might be a serious thing to look at. And, I mean, my point is, people like most of us, we're not going to get shot in a bank robbery. Hopefully we won't get uh, you know, killed in a plane crash. Generally we don't. Many of us, car accidents are what is, are going to change our life. And uh, I really think we do need to take some steps, especially to get some of the uh, slower drivers, uh, speeding drivers to slow down. Also, to get more people to become either aware of the rules of the road or to comply with the rules of the road, because I'm sure I'm not the only one who gets frustrated when somebody is driving below the speed limit in the passing lane and seem to have no concept that that is the passing lane. No, it happens every single time I have to go anywhere on Highway 1. That happens for sure. We only have about a minute left, but I also want to touch on this. Do you think that if we if we build more roundabouts in B.C., will we learn how to drive through them? Well, I think we'll learn how to drive through them if, you know, I was trying, struggling with what's the solution to all this. And I think, to put it simply, I haven't been tested on the road, I don't think, for 55 or years. I think we should start having more frequent road testing. And uh, to be timid about it, let's start. Anybody who's had a serious accident... Before they are allowed back on the road, they should demonstrate that they, un- they could pass a driving test. Um, one of the uh, gentlemen who read my column said, perhaps everybody under, you know, above a certain age um, should be tested more frequently, and all of us should be tested maybe every five years. And, uh, you know, I can hear people say, well, I see BC and the testing, they can't do it. Well, we could have independent agencies testing. I said to my wife, you know, Maybe I should voluntarily go and take a a refresher course. But I I do think we need to rethink this, not just to reduce the cost of uh, accidents, but to reduce the number of people who get hurt. And I gather the number of people who die is reduced because of airbags and so forth, but there sure are a lot of people still getting hurt, and we know that just from the statistics. Very, very true. Michael, we'll have to leave it there. We're out of time. But thank you once again for coming on the show. Interesting topic. I know you get a lot of feedback, but thank you so much. Appreciate it. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.